Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Um, so 
where where do you see this playing out, villain? Uh, do you think one of these guys gets the role, or is somebody else uh, who we're not even thinking about uh, potentially going to take that GM spot for the New York Football Giants? I mean, there's a lot of good names that have been coming out, like showing. Um, you know, I I heard um, Maurice Carthon's son got an interview. Um, I think Wilson, Andre Wilson, or um, Cardinals, he had a very good interview, I heard. So, I mean, it's a lot of rumors, but um, I just like the fact that they're in the second phase, the second wave of interviews right now. So, um, so that means that they're going to be making a decision pretty quickly because you're seeing a lot of teams – um, starting to reach out to head coaches, right? So the Vikings going after uh, Raheem Morris for an interview. Um, I think uh, Jared Mayo, Mayo, who a name that people kind of been talking about, hasn't hasn't right. really um, hasn't really been on the radar this season. But really, since the last couple of weeks, he's come, come on the radar. But I don't want to go too much into the coaches because I know you want to probably want to bring that up, but. The the coaches yeah, yeah. are going to start to come off the board pretty quickly, right? So, and the Giants want to get right. that GM first before they get the coach. So, um, it looks like this process for the GM shouldn't take very long. I would think by the by early next week we'll have a GM announced. Okay, so with that being said, you know I want to throw it back at you. Um, out of everybody who's been interviewed, like put your Put your Barry Wish hat on, if you will. Who do you want, honestly, and why? As a GM? Yeah, as, as a GM, who do you want to be the new GM for the New York Football Giants? I mean, uh, you know, honestly, for me, the the perfect scenario – I mean, I love Riddick. I know a lot of Giants fans aren't really super high on him because they felt like, oh, you know, he, he he's – he was a GM in um, Detroit, I think it was, and then he went, you know, he, he, he he's in the booth, you know, he's not a quote, but no, this dude is is a very good candidate. I, I mean, there's a lot of names coming back, coming on the board, Adam Peters, uh, Rand Carthon, like I mentioned, Monty Olsenfort is a name that's really uh, intriguing to me, uh, Tennessee Titans um, director of personnel. I think, listen, all the – it's 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 crazy because all these names don't jump out at you. You've only heard it from other people where they're going, right? They're going outside the organization and they're going with teams that have done a really good job through the draft and with personnel um, and with uh, free agency. So I think Adrian Wilson, I think Joe Schoen, and probably Monty Ozenfor are the three names that I think I, I would like. Those are the three names I would I would whittle down to, and if I had to pick one, I think Showin is probably the guy. You know what? I'm I'm doing some digging on on Showin as we speak, and honestly, what he brings to the table, I think, will probably fit the New York Giants um, personnel what they want to do. Uh, another right. name that I'm just going I'm, I'm just going to put this in your ear. Um, that that I didn't hear you mention um, is a dude by the name of Joe Horton. Um, he's a guy who uh, comes up 47 years old, Baltimore Ravens. Um, so he's kind of cut from that Ozzie Newsome, Eric DaCosta uh, mold, and we've all seen how well the Baltimore Ravens have 
have done with running their franchise and, you know, drafting mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So somebody to keep an eye on, kind of a long shot. Um, yep. Before we move on, I do got I do got another call in queue. I think it's the homie Harvey, man. What's going on, Harvey? How we doing this afternoon, man? Welcome to the wrap up show, man. Oh, it's definitely not Harvey, but it is it is your brother from oh. another mother. Oh, yo, be breaking news. He was in the building, man. See, here's the thing is, you don't call him enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I didn't even hey, know. You, you know what? If I do it, if I do, listen. If I do it too much, serious. If I do it too much, then I don't get that reaction when I call. So, just a little you know what? for you, you and Barry. How you boys doing tonight? I'm good. Ellen's doing all good. That reaction from us, man. Before we before we move on, I do got one more caller to get in queue. Calling six one five. This may be Mike Harvey. Mike, is this you, my guy? It is, man. How you guys doing? That's what I thought. That's what I thought, man. What's going on, big homie? How you guys doing? Well, we got a stacked house tonight, man. Um, and I wanted to go back to you breaking news, man. We were talking about the New York Giants GM search. There's a couple names that Barry and I were talking about. Did any of these, any of those names um, stick out to you as a potential candidate uh, for the New York Giants GM job, or is there somebody else in mind that you think is better? No, I mean, I no, I think I think, the- I think is is a is a, a you know a legitimate you know person of interest. I'd also say you know depending on how you feel about the organizations and things like that, you look at a guy like Adam Peters, who's the you know executive personnel director for San Francisco. He's done a fantastic job. I mean, you look at guys, especially in the late rounds, you know Elijah Mitchell, uh, George Kittle. You know, the the guys that they've drafted in the third round or later, the success they've had, I think he'll deserve a, a GM job sooner rather than later. But I just think you look at winning organizations. I think you look at organizations that kind of breed that kind of culture. And, and if you're one of those, those clubs like a, a New York, you just need to bring in those people that are used to winning. I really believe in that. I think that they, you know, you kind of, you kind of learn how, you know, we all we all can, you know, and I say this loosely because obviously there's a skill set involved, but, you know, for the most part, everybody can evaluate talent. It's really about understanding what your philosophies are, you know, how important it is, you know, to get high-character guy versus talent guys, you know, how important it is to get, quote-unquote, your kind of guys versus athletes. And I think certain certain clubs like the Baltimore Ravens, a a club you mentioned, you know, just do it better than most, you know? So I I, I think it's really important that they get this right. So I hope they take their time and, and uh, they they do right because, you know, the reality is we're probably not going to have this discussion this year, but I think there's a very good chance that uh, we could potentially be having a, you know, a quarterback controversy next year if Daniel Jones don't step up. So the next GM is going to have to have thick skin. I definitely agree with you there. Hey, Mr. Harvey, man, same same, same question to you, man. The, the, the New York football giant uh, GM search, man, what do you make of it? I mean, it's, a high, it's one of the most high-profile jobs out there. It's uh it's, uh, you know, something that you're going to be kind of under a microscope in the biggest media market in America. I mean, I know there's a lot of passionate Jets fans, but a, a huge uh, number of Giants fans in that area. <clears throat> to see them uh, tapping into 
the New England Patriots front office is not a shocker. I mean, I understand you got Brady, you got Belichick, but that organization has has won for a long time, and so to see them tap in there, it's like he said, getting your guys like. Uh, you know, it, it's not just about talent or finding evaluations, but also being able to prioritize what are we like, what's our position of need? What do we really need? What do we think we can get down the line, being able to project it and try to find a way to fit all those those puzzle pieces together and find guys that, that really fit what you're trying to do. I mean, and, and the guys that are the most successful at it are the people that, you know, can see value in later round picks uh, and see kind of how that's going to project into the next level. You hit on enough of those guys, they really, really, uh, it makes a huge difference. I was just talking about it a few days ago, and I pointed to the success that, you know, the, the run that the Seahawks went on for a while, you know, with that great defense and and with all the pieces they had. You know, that not everybody that, that came into that locker room were first and second round draft picks, right? So you got the right guys that kind of fit it uh you know that he he also threw out a name that I was uh, I thought about as well with uh, Adam Peters. It's, it's interesting to see. I, I think I, there's a lot that needs to be done there. That line needs to be fixed. There's a lot of other things. What I will say is I hope whatever the Giants decide to do or whoever they decide to hire, um, that they are able to take a step back and look at this and go, there's a lot that needs to be done. So we got to definitely look at a, be able to look at this from a longer view. And, and if we can see some steps in the right direction, you know, understand that uh, even though the league is designed to where you can improve pretty quickly because of the parity in the league, uh, this is, there's not a quick fix. This is not an overnight job. It's going to take some time to really uh, fix this organization and have it be uh, definitely more healthy for the future. One one thing yeah, I want to add to I I totally agree with you guys. Uh, sorry, serious. I totally agree with you guys, Hughes and, and, and Mike. Um, I think the first question that the GM was asked in the interview and what they'll have to answer is what to do with Daniel Jones, right? Do, does he say? Does he go? They have to have a plan. If they don't have a plan for him, even just in the interview process, I don't think they get to round two. And probably I think Joe showing answered that question properly and that's why he's got a second interview so it'll be very interesting to see what you know what they do with daniel jones uh next year and beyond that's very well said uh villain you know and and i think the two have to work hand in hand i'm I'm pretty sure that every candidate that has came and interviewed has you know had their form of answer to that particular question what are we doing with Daniel Jones, like, if brought in, um, are you looking to, 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 to move him? Are you looking to pick up an option? Are you looking to, 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 to what are you doing? Are we, do you want to draft another quarterback? Do you want to play the free agent game? Do you want to bring in a veteran or whatever the case may be? Um, and we sat here on this particular network and, and spoke about it at length. Um, and I'm sure that the GMs are having that same question answered. Before we move on to caller number is 929-477-2759. Here with Sports City Chef uh, here on the Super Wildcard Weekend NFL Wrap-Up Show. Uh, and without further ado, man, we got a ton of games to get to. Um, 
And since I got the 49er fans sitting here in the building and and, and, and a wonderful Dallas Cowboy hater, I'm going to go ahead and start with that particular game first, if you guys don't mind. The Dallas Cowboys uh, dropped uh, a game that we all suspected them to drop at the hands of the 49ers. Um, this game played out exactly how I thought it would. I, think, I really felt that the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't be able to stand up to the bully, if you will, and in and, and typical Cal Shanahan fashion, they almost gave the game back to Dallas uh, with some <laughs> BS play calling. Um, Dylan, I'll come to you first. Um, what were you thinking about watching this game, man? Um, again, Dallas Cowboys are, are again were a fraudulent team, in my opinion, um, and this was definitely on display here. But what were your thoughts about watching this game? That unfolded on Sunday was the Central 49ers won 23 to 17. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> the timing, <laughs> the timing. <laughs> Where are my Cowboys fans at? Where you at? I can't see you from here. Where you at? All I see was crying people in the stands, crying people at home, punching TVs, crying in their mic up. <laughs> oh, God, it was great. Oh, man. Um, oh, yeah, about the game. Um, listen, <laughs> the Cowboys are the better team. They're the more talented team. But they showed at every possible facet of the game, they are overrated. They are a joke. They they are who we thought they were. Fourteen penalties. Fourteen. I think six on the defensive line alone. On a defensive holding. I think I think they said eight of the penalties that they had directly attributed to first downs for the 49ers. It was in the first half, the 49ers were extending drives on third down. Cowboys couldn't get off the field. Then it just was mental breakdown at some point. Either they let up a, a, third, a third and nine catch on the sideline, then it was a, a holding penalty. It was, it was ridiculous. I, every way that they could screw up, they did. They couldn't. You know, either they were missing blocks, they weren't, you know, running the ball hard. Ezekiel Elliott got his money and ran. I said that months, over a year ago. Nobody wanted to believe me. Ezekiel Elliott got his money and ran. Um, and not on the field. Um, Steedy Lamb did not show up. Cooper had, had a touchdown catch, but Cooper overrated. Dak Prescott, average at best. Average quarterback, got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. The only person that came to play on that game was Micah Parsons. That was it. The Cowboys blew that game. Kellen Moore, the, the, the wonder kid, give me a break. You're a joke. You need more time in the lab, dude. Um, Mike, Mike McCarthy, we knew he was going to cost them a game in the playoffs because he's been costing them games all season with questionable class management against the Chargers. This, he did everything in his power to give this game away. The, the Cowboys deserve to lose that game. They, they, the fact that they were in the game is, a, is, a, is not a credit to them. It was because the 49ers 
kind of got a little lax. They started to make started to make. I don't know why they they kind of got away from the game plan a little bit. But once they started to get the ball to Debo Samuel, they then they started to kind of put impose their their will. I thought when they were up ten nothing early, I thought if they had got that touchdown, they would have put the game away for good. They only got a field goal, made it thirteen to nothing, kind of let them back in. But even still. Seven points by that high-powered offense through three quarters is a disgrace. Cowboys lost that game. 49ers give them all the credit in the world. They deserve to win that game. They came out. They punched them in the mouth. I said it was a bad matchup for them. But the, the Cowboys, back to the lab. And Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Exactly. <laughs> happy Giants fan. Happy fan. Happy fan today. Woo! Mr. Harvey, man. I mean, yeah. your take on this ball game. <laughs> rest so, in peace, so, so. late, great Danny Green, man. Right, Mr. Harvey. Uh, rest in peace, Danny Green. I love that guy. Uh, so, so I, I want to argue just a little, not really argue, but I want to contend just one point that you just said. And you said Cowboys were overrated. Um, I think it depends on what rating that you were looking at. Okay, so to me, for example, first of all, first of all, big ups, big ups to uh, big ups to Dak Prescott. Though he didn't have a great game this year, but like, listen, if you want, the injury that he had last season was a very very bad injury. He comes back, has a pretty good bounce back here. I mean, he's got the big contract. I'm hearing a lot of background. Uh, there we go. Uh, so he's he's got a uh, he got the the big contract. Dallas kind of had to pay him. Uh, <clears throat> surprised to see that his overall quarterback rating was actually higher than uh, the man named Brady's this year, um, 102 to 104. Uh, but that being said, I said going into the year that if Dak stayed healthy all year, that the Cowboys would win the division and lose in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. I think when you look at what they did and you look at the showing by the, uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, even though at times the NFC East looked pretty good this year, uh, that was not a very good representation of that division in the playoffs at all. Um, they did kind of, you know, San Francisco let them back in the game. They kind of tried to give that game away a little bit. And I know Shanahan does some Shanahan things, but I will say this, man. He does put people a lot of times in positions to succeed. He kind of – he is a pretty uh, creative offensive mind and found a way uh, for this team to win. I said going in, man, the 49ers, uh, I picked it on the show. Like you said, uh, Sirius, a lot of us uh, had that game picked, I think, on the – on the brunch on Sunday, I believe TP was the only one that, that chose the Cowboys. Uh, but the 49ers have the recipe. They showed you again. They played good defense. They were able to extend drives. They were able to keep things alive. And, you know, they they had the recipe to win in January. I was not surprised by it at all. I think the better team has advanced to the next round. Uh, we'll see what they can do at Lambeau. Uh, this weekend, but you know, uh, Mike McCarthy, though, I will say this, uh, 
he has cost them games because of poor clock management. I would say also, um, I, I still saddle care. Anybody says he might have a ring. Uh, he underachieved as a coach of Green Bay. was one of the best quarterbacks Absolutely. in the league. Uh, he was held back because of that. Uh, I I was underwhelmed by Mike McCarthy when he uh, was around the Saints organization years ago. So uh, not super impressed. He's been around the game for a long time, but he's a mediocre football coach. He's not uh, he's not at the top of the line coach. There are much better coaches out there that have rings, uh, even just one. And so. Uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked by it. I think that Dallas has some work to do in the off season. They got to rejuvenate that line, that offensive line. They're starting to get older. They've got some pieces to put, but you still have. They, they still got some pieces to build around. I I knew them. The the other thing that I will say that I agree with you on is this whole deal with Zeke. He held out for that deal, and ever since then, like he hasn't been nearly the same guy. He, he took the money and ran, and like you said, not on the field, which is what he was supposedly paid to do. Um, he has fallen off. Uh, Tony Pollard may be the most explosive running back on that team now, but he can't handle the workload. He's, he's about that type of back. So uh, they definitely have a lot to figure out, some things to figure out in the lab. And I also 100% agree with you on Kellen Moore. Listen, he's the media darling from – when they pulled the upset over Oklahoma and he proposes whatever, all that stuff that went on years ago uh, at Boise State and all this kind of thing. And uh, he's supposed to be the next big thing um, right now. Uh, he gets a head job. He'd be out in two years. He's going to be very underwhelming. Um, and, you know, much like the head coach that he's working under. Uh, I I think that probably the the best candidate to be a head coach on that team is Dan Quinn because I think maybe he would do a little bit better with his second chance when he did his first. But to be decided, Dallas underwhelmed. They underperformed. And I can tell you this, there was nothing like as much trash in the barbershop as a couple of guys uh, like to talk all year about the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I'm jumping on my face when they won. Listen, there's one guy on the East Coast who I really like. This dude was sitting in his car. Hey, listen, what they say on Friday, he going to cry in the car. He cried in the car. <laughs> he was a clubhouse kid up, man. He was really – you could tell, like, that that game and just the, the final score of that game and the result, like, hurt his heart. And I don't know if that's a little sadistic of me or not, but I took a little joy out of that, especially after hearing him cuss my team a bunch of times this year. So, got what you deserved. Go home, sit on the couch like everybody else. Enjoy the show because you're not worthy of being there. Dude. Absolutely, you know I, I take a lot of joy. I take a lot of joy in that. And, and you know, I gotta, I gotta come back with this series because Mike brings up a point. He said, you know, overrated compared to what? I'll tell you why. Eight and four in the last two years, Mike McCarthy is against the NFC East. Ten and eleven against everybody else. That's why I say they're overrated. That's the reason, right? It's a weak division. And it's a weak division. It's a weak division that they beat up on, and they get out of the division, and, and they're exposed. And, and everybody wanted to sit here and say they had figured it out. They got their offense going. They scored 50, two, two games, 50 burgers. Outside of the Saints game, which was uh, – Saints was not a bad team. The teams that they beat up on are the, the, the football team, the Giants, and the Eagles. 
the team they lost to was a team that was struggling down the stretch in the Cardinals. The Cowboys were a joke. Everybody yeah. bought in. And, you know, fans of the team, everybody was crying and whining because, to somebody's point, they didn't say, oh, we'll get them next year. Oh, next year will be our year. Because they know. They know. The window is closed. Yeah. Serious, I want to get one more thing in. I'm sorry, really quick. Uh, we had a, a, a reporter that I really like that writes a lot of good stuff out of Philadelphia. He sometimes pops in the clubhouse and stuff, too. But I have a lot of respect for him. He's done some independent stuff. He's, he's written in the basketball world for a while. Uh, interviews with Dr. J, even Kobe Bryant, different things. He wrote a big thing on the Cowboys, wrote this uh, pretty drawn-out Facebook post, pointing out, that where Dak's completion percentage was and how we're underrated. He said, stop buying into the narrative that you hear from Fox and other places about this team being so overrated. I think you're hating on the black quarterback and all this kind of – and, like, he really, like, pulled out and, and really went in on people who were questioning how good the Cowboys were. And I said, listen, it doesn't have anything to do with, with, with backgrounds or anything else. Uh, matter of fact, I love Dak Prescott. Louisiana boy made good in the pros, right? Like, and so I always have much respect for kids because guys from my home state. But I, I just told him. I like I responded on the post. I said, "Broski Sunday," because I think they're gonna they're gonna show you that some of the national people that are talking about them being an average team or an underwhelming team are more right than you think. So. Before we move on from this particular game, I do got a 49er fan in the building, breaking news, huge. Talk to me, my guy. You've been sitting there patiently waiting as these other two, you know, kind of take at your plate, man. But talk about your boys, man. How were you able to go in there and get it done? Um, going to flex a little bit, man. Uh, I mean, how excited were you when that, when that game kind of played itself out? I mean, obviously, obviously, as a Niner fan, man, I was excited. I mean, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, accomplish the goal. Everybody's goal, you know what? I, I tell people this all the time. It, it, it's it's like it's like an eighth grade prom. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares who you go to the dance with. Just that you go to the dance, that you get there, and that you actually dance, right? Like you have, you can't win a Super Bowl if you don't make the playoffs, right, boys? So everybody would like to have the extra week of rest. Everybody would like to have the perfect matchup. But the bottom line is, um, you know, you have to get in. And you know, the way I look at it, the the Niners, in my opinion, and and you guys have done a phenomenal job building up my team. I don't need to do that. But I think the Niners are the most battle-tested team in the NFC. They've they've went on the road multiple weeks in a row now in a playoff type atmosphere and won, and I understand everybody's like, hey, you know what, Green Bay is totally different. You know what, it's going to be ten degrees, you know, it's going to be it's going to be single digits, you know, and um, you know, you guys aren't going to be ready for that. I I just don't see the Niners coming out flat. You know, listen, if we lose, I think we can all agree, including myself, if we lose, it's going to because. It's going to be because of Jimmy G. It's not going to be because the Niners' offensive line and their skill position players didn't show up. Like, that's just the mentality and the type of group that they have. But I want to go ahead and give the, the, the Cowboy fans some kudos. You know what? I actually – I've been a 49ers fan since 1982. 
And I say since 82, I've been born since 78, but 82 was the first year that I actually went to the L.A. Coliseum with my grandfather to watch the, the, the Rams play the Niners, and that is when I fell in love with Joe Montana, uh, watching, watching, you know, at that time, you know, then the greatest show on turf with, with, with Taylor and Rice and Rathman and, and you know, uh, Craig and all those boys back then in Montana. But I, I got to tell you guys, you know what? I, I personally think the Niners are the most physical team in the playoffs, and I think I think that the Cowboys did a really, really good job, uh, not not coming out, but trying to match that intensity uh, in the, the the late in the second quarter. On, they came out flat to begin with. Barry's totally right, but at the same time, they did battle back. Did I've seen so many Cowboy teams, especially under Tony Romo that when one play went wrong, they literally would just fold like a deck of cards. Like, I just felt like this team was a little bit different. Like, I actually felt nervous when we gave them the ball back with 40 seconds to go. Like, I just just think that, you know, all I'm going to say is I think Dak is a better quarterback than most people want to give him credit for. You know, they've built the the weapons around uh, around this team. Um, You know, with Dak – I think we all agree on Ezekiel, so I'm not even going to make that point. But, but Dallas, Dallas is not a bad team. I just think, you know, my personal opinion is I don't think Dallas is overrated, boys. I think the Niners are underrated because most six or seven seeds, you don't expect them to be able to come in and really challenge. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I fully expect the Niners and the Packers game to come down to a field goal. And when you're talking about a one seed and a six seed and potentially that coming down to a field goal, it's hard to say, it's hard to say that, you know, oh, well, the, you know, the Packers were just overrated. No, I, I think the Niners are just legitimately a very good team that lost five of their first eight games and closed out the season winning eight of their last 10. Like that's, that's the team they were. Yes, they've had a lot of ups and downs this year, but when it came down the stretch, when it came crunch time, like they figured figured it out, they righted the ship, and I think that they've proven to be a very good team. And I think whoever they play, they're going to be a tough out. But I, I do want to give, like I said, I want to give kudos to Cowboy fans. You know, I think they got a solid team. I don't know why they were crying. Listen, I don't think anybody thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, I understand being upset that your team, you know, your team didn't move on. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I'm a Niner fan. I, for 20 years I experienced heartache and, and, and frustration. So, you know, you, you got some catching up to do. Well, you wait, know, wait, 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 so you know how Cowboys fans are, you know what I'm saying? Every year, this is their year, you know what I'm saying? They got they 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 they're in the Super Bowl competition every year, and if they don't get in, they got cheated. Like even after what took place Sunday, there are so many Cowboys fans that are not saying that they played badly. They are blaming literally the officials for exactly not for not setting the ball correctly so they could spike it. So, I mean, I understand you trying to take the high road and everything, and, again, I commend you for that. But Listen, ultimately, serious. you can't pump you're, up. You're like, 100% I, 
Listen, you're 100% right, and I'd be the first one to tell you, as a Niners fan, if that would have played out differently, yes, you know what, it's easy to blame the official, but anybody who knows the rules, anybody who's played the game knows that the official has to touch the ball and set the ball down for it to officially be a play. Exactly. So, so if exactly. you're going to be mad at somebody, Cowboy fans, be mad at your team, A, for a, a, a horrendous play call, and B, for not having situational awareness to know that when Dak slid to get up and sprint that ball over to the ref so he could place the ball and the line not close together before he got there. That's, that's all I'm exactly. I agree with you 100%. And, 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 and breaking news in serious, the, 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 that's coaching. You, you, you called that play. You didn't call that play and tell your quarterback with 10 seconds, get down, get the ball to the official, and, and get it spiked so we can get one more play. That's coaching. That's on, that's on Mike listen, McCarthy who blows the game, and that's on Kellen Moore for calling that stupid play with 14 seconds when everybody knows you need listen, 16 to 18 seconds to get that type of playoff and get another playoff. And the fans right, well, and the referees are complete garbage because guess what? Hughes, that's a rookie move. We sat here on this show for a week screaming at Chase Claypool for not getting the official the ball for hot-dogging it against the Vikings. What does Dak Prescott do? Not hot-dog it. He doesn't get the ball. The That's a rookie move. Rookies know to do that. Give me a break. That's coaching. That is coaching. That is coaching. Mike McCarthy deserves the Cowboys. The Cowboys deserve Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy is a loser, and the Cowboys always get a coach that can acquiesce to Steve, Jerry, the junior, all all the Jones family, instead of getting a real coach that can really run a ship that they, they, they really need to win a, win a Super Bowl. That's their problem. That's okay. why they're losers. Okay. That's why I hate their fans. That's why it's never their year. They're scum. We are, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a serious point. I got a serious point to make, though. Listen, you, if you really want to talk about, like, if I'm, if I'm hiring a head coach, I'm just letting you guys know right now, right? You all know I'm pretty level-headed. I'm crossing Kellen Moore off my list right now. I'm not even interviewing, and this is why. Absolutely. You're telling me from from the 40-yard line. Listen to this, boys. You're telling me from the 40-yard line that you wouldn't rather take two shots from the 40-yard line to the end zone than one shot from the 24-yard line? Like, what does that extra 12 yards get you? Like, what – what was even if they clocked the ball, right? Like everybody's up in arms about the clocking the ball. Let's say they clocked the ball. They've got one second left at the twenty-four yard line. Why would you want one play from the twenty-four yard line as opposed to multiple plays from the forty? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Absolutely, that's yeah, actually, that's the problem. I, I, I agree with you, which which is why I, I never understood why Mark McCarthy's logic post-game was, well, would you rather run four verticals from the 25 or from the 40? Like, first and foremost, like, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make an awful sense. But Mike Harvey's been back there quiet, man. Did you want to weigh in on this before you move on, or did you want to move, want us to move on? No, real quick, before I move on, the only thing I was going to say is a little bit of that, I agree with it being coaching, but a little bit of that falls on Dak, too. Like, you're not a rookie. You're expected to be – uh, the, the veteran presence and the leader of this team now, you got to have some situational awareness too. Absolutely. Say, I've got to get up and get this ball to this referee. So 
Um, as many kudos as I gave to Dak Prescott for having a bounce back season. Uh, this is this is a brain cramp on Dak's part too. Um, Dak, yes, Dak came off really bad, Mike. Dak came off really bad with that play call. I mean, not not the play call, with that move, not giving the ball to the referee, and then after the game, which he just apologized for, walking back that comment that you know they should have thrown stuff at the referees. He came off really bad. Yeah, and, and I, I mean that's the thing, man. Like. Yeah, the coaching should be there to remind you and whatever, and we can put it on coaching. But at the same time, you're a veteran quarterback now. You're being paid like a franchise guy. Uh, and it's your job to lead that team. You you should have had the awareness, too, to sprint that ball over the referee. And we all said it, Mike. You said it. I said it. Serious. TP. Everybody said Dak should get his money. When well, we were screaming about it in the whole off season. Now you got your money. You need to play like it. He hasn't played like it. You know, these games against the Cowboys, I mean, against the, the football team, against the Eagles, were aberrations. I watched him against the Giants. He looked like garbage. He looked like garbage against the uh, the Cardinals. He looked like garbage against the 49ers. 250 yards, one touchdown late, and, a, and an interception, throwing balls in the dirt, make, indecisive in the pocket, holding the ball. He just, he's not, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the first year back, Maybe you know, and I'll give him a pass, but you know what? When you're getting paid that kind of money, you don't get passes. You're supposed to win games. You're supposed to be good enough come a bad performance by the rest of the team because you're getting paid like that. Tom Brady overcomes that. That Prescott didn't. That's my problem. Well, in all seriousness, I mean, here's the thing. That Prescott played badly himself, so you're talking about overcoming, you know, a bad performance. You have he has to overcome himself because before that fourth yeah. quarter, this dude, this guy had 114 yards through three quarters, an interception, and was sacked a plus or a different time. That fourth quarter, he flipped a switch and went into you know, you know, fight or flight mode, and you know, managed to make this a particular game, but. And, and, and in order for Dak Prescott to, 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 to play better, he has to overcome himself. And, unfortunately, in that game on Sunday, he failed to do so. Caller number is 929-477-2759. I was very fortunate to talk to the powers that be and got us some additional time. So uh, we got about another hour in the building, man. We'll go over all these games in great detail. Uh, breaking news, we lost you, man. If you uh, call back in, we'll get you right back into the – into the building, man. The next game I wanted to bring up um, uh, was the, the the other interesting game of the weekend, and I'm sure we spoke about it a little bit on Sunday, but, you know, you weren't here, villain, so I definitely want to get your type on these two games. Uh, mm. the, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, broke a 31-year curse and, and got their first playoff win. And besides talking about – you know, how decent Joe Burrow was and, and, you know, how the Bengals have, you know, quote-unquote arrived. We are hearing about official and inadvertent whistles and should a touchdown count. Um, and and I, I got a bunch of Raiders fans that, that, that are once again screaming foul, screaming the, the ref screwed us. Um, and I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Do the Raiders fans have a legitimate gripe here or – you need to stop crying and give Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals their just due. I think it's both. Um, 
listen, it was a bad call. They missed it, right? Um, when you blow the whistle like that, you're supposed to replay it. And they blew it. And the league knows they blew it because they're not going to give them another shit shot to uh, officiate a game. That's the news that I saw, right? So, um, yeah, they blew it. But to say that that was the – that was what, in the second quarter? Me and TP were sitting here watching it in my house, and I'm like, that didn't lose them the game. You know, the fact that they couldn't get pressure on on Burrow consistently was why they lost the game. I mean, they couldn't get pressure until, the, I think it was the lineman or somebody that got hurt. Um, you know, they they didn't, you know, they didn't stop uh, – they didn't stop the, the offense. They couldn't stop the running game late. I mean, that that's why they lost the game. Give give Burrow in this offense their respect. I mean, Burrow's that dude, okay? Uh, he, he's, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's putting the league on notice. I'm coming, okay? Um, give, the, give the Bengals the credit. I mean, they, they played a really good game. They were physical on defense. Um, Carr, you know, led them late, but couldn't get. It's that one play. He's basically that drive is the epitome of of Carr. He he does a lot to be really good, but then it's that one play that he can't get over the hump, and and you know, it it just he can't get. He just can't do it. Um, but listen, the Bengals played a really good game. As like I said, they were physical on defense. They they made the plays on offense when they had to, and they won the game. Give them their due. Give them their credit, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, my take on it is this, and then, uh, Mike, I'll come, I'll come over to you. Um, I agree with you 100%. The Cincinnati Bengals won that ball game. You know, at the end of the day, Joe Burrow was efficient, you know, threw for 244 yards. They had no answer for Jamar Chase, who went over a buck. Uh, CJ Uzama was running free in, 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 in the secondary. Um, defensively, they were able to generate pressure on, on Derek Carr. Um, and so the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, for, for all that say the Raiders fans are, are, are crying about, uh, won that ball game fair and square. You know, again, there, there are questionable calls in, in, in every game, albeit mm-hmm. that one resulted in a touchdown. But like we talked about uh, a second ago with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, you have to play on. Like, I mean, unfortunately, the, 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 they're not going to replay this game. You know, the, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to get back to win, and, and the Raiders are going home. Um, and unfortunately, that that's the way it is. So you have to have a short memory and play on. Now, again, we all sitting here are current or former athletes. Um, we've all been, you know, the victim of a bad call here or there, um, and we, we, we have to play on. So with that being said, Mr. Harvey, I'll come over to you. Um, and, again, I kind of heard your, 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 your opinion on it on, on Sunday, but, you know, just to kind of rehash it a little bit and kind of if you was able to get a new fresh perspective on it, uh, this this Las Vegas Raiders-Cincinnati Bengals game, what's your take on it, man? Did, did, did the Raiders get screwed out or did Cincinnati legitimately go out there and just win that ball game? Well, I think Cincinnati won the game. I, I, I think if you see people still moving, listen, I don't know. If the whistle doesn't blow, I don't know if he gets over to him anyway. 
But I will say a couple things <clears throat> that, that really stick out to me. First of all, DeMar Chase showed you, again, he's not just a deep threat guy at a one-trick pony. This guy had nine catches for 119 yards or something. Um, and hit every one of his first seven catches moved the chain. He didn't get in the end zone, but he was the security blanket for Joe Burrow all day. And sometimes if you're not going to shake free or you don't have those big plays, those are the types of games that you have to have to still remain relevant on a stat sheet and really be there for your quarterback. Um, so that's the first thing that I'll say. The, the second thing that I'll say is in the second half of that game, if somehow Derek Carr had been able to make that throw and force overtime, I think if that game had gone into overtime, I think there's a very good chance the Las Vegas Raiders win that football game. Because down the stretch and in the second half, I thought that the Raiders' defense was doing a better job of stopping Cincinnati than Cincinnati was of stopping the Raiders. They had kind of flipped the tables, and that that old momentum had kind of switched the other way a little bit. So if the Raiders had been able to force overtime, I think it would have been a different thing. Listen, it's always easy after the situation to stop and blame and say whatever, but, hey, don't run your route past the uh, two-yard line. Make sure you throw that ball in the end zone at the end of the game or whatever make a better pass, maybe you got a different scenario. So um, if the if was a fifth, we could be halfway to drunk right now if we had started on it So at the beginning of this show. So I, I think they won that yeah, yeah. football game. And I will, the other thing that I'll tell you is this. Gentlemen, there's three of us right now in the building. I don't think breaking news has come back yet. Uh, so there's three of us in this building, and Joe Burrow is the answer to what is – something that all of our franchises would like to have right now. Uh, There are very few, as we've talked about before, I know I've said it, you guys have said it in different spaces, there are very few true franchise quarterbacks in this league. Uh, A small handful, you can count them on two hands easily. And he's one of those guys. He's going to be a franchise guy for a while. Now, you know, (laughs) Barry, you've said it before, didn't really realize how good the Giants had it with Eli. Saints fans were kind of getting down on Drew Brees towards the end of his career. Didn't really realize how good they had it with him. I know that Ben was banged up this year. We didn't see the best of Ben, but Pittsburgh's had him for so long. All of our franchise, all of our favorite teams had franchise quarterbacks for a while. Now we're looking for that next guy. You know what, fellas? The Cincinnati Bengals have found that guy, as long as they can keep him healthy. And once again, I'll say it one more time. I was wrong. I'm going to put a little hot sauce on that crow. I'll choke it down. Um, I thought Sewell should have been the pick. Maybe he should have been. But when you look at the special talent that Jamar Chase is, I can understand why he lobbied the Bengals and why they made that pick and pulled the trigger to get him that wide receiver. That guy's special. And, listen, um, if you take a franchise quarterback and you give him a legit number one wide receiver weapon, and you got other weapons around him, you have uh, greatly increased the chances of him to continue to grow and be successful. And the last thing that I will say about Burrow, real fast, is this guy, he wasn't happy just being the first overall pick. He played half a season last year, uh, tore his ACL, had to have knee surgery or whatever he had going on, but still figured out from watching his games that he needed to work to get more zip on the ball. The windows were a little tighter. He needed to figure out how to uh, be a little bit more crisp with his passes, get a little bit more zip on the ball, 
And this man found a way. It would have been really easy when you're rehabbing an ACL or whatever to say, well, I'll work on that next year. I got my list of goals or whatever. Um, so he's got that work ethic, man, because not only did he rehab that knee, but you can tell watching him throw the ball this year that it's coming out a little bit faster. It's coming out with a little bit more velocity. Uh, so he was able to fine-tune that portion of his game. This kid is a a football rat. He's been around the game most of his life, family coach. You know, his dad, the first year in about 30, 40 years uh, that he did not coach football was two years ago when he was a senior at LSU, so he could go travel around and watch him play. But comes from a football family, hard worker, and as long as they can keep him healthy and as long as uh, he doesn't have any mis- like misfortune or unfortunate injuries happen to him, the guy's going to continue to work to get better and continue to close holes in his game. Uh, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, when you look at his age and you look at how he's continuing to improve, the Cincinnati Bengals have to feel better about the quarterback position than they felt in maybe in the history of that franchise. Probably since you know Carson what? Palmer. Probably since Carson first Palmer got foremost, for, 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 for First and foremost, Mr. Harvey, I forbid you to come on my show my show and say that crazy stuff about Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. As a Silla fan, I will not allow it. You know what I'm saying? Forget Cincinnati, forget Jamar Chase, forget all that. You know what I'm saying? I can't stand Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Let me stop. Unbelievable. Let me stop. Let me stop. Real talk, real no, talk. No, ser- seriously, though, serious. Ser- hold, on, hold on a second. I have to concur with, with – um, with Mike, I'm going to put it out there. I was one of the guys that said they needed to get the kid from um, the tackle from Oregon swell. Um, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. And you said it serious. I, and I totally, Jamar Chase is special. He is special. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think Burrow is special at quarterback, Jamar Chase is special at receiver. Like, you, like it's kind of like the, the, um, the the Sam Bowie Michael Jordan uh, argument when when Michael when um when uh, Knight said play Jordan at center like you can't check, you can't pass on Jamar Chase like that kid is special you know what I mean play him play him at tackle if you had to right like that kid that kid is something else you know what and, 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 you know all, 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 all jokes aside all jokes aside <laughs> you know you know. I, I, I knew the Cincinnati Bengals team what was coming. I, I knew there would be a, a problem um, for me and, 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 and my boys and my division. I just didn't think it would happen this quickly. Um, you know, I, I would have set my cap to them what they were able to accomplish this season. And, you know, they're playing the division around. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if they beat Tennessee, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, I'm not going to, you know, give my pick out yet because I'm sure we'll do that either on tomorrow's show or on a later show, but um, it, it wouldn't shock me. This is a team that is very, very well coached. Um, they do have some significant injuries to deal with. I think the outside defensive end um, is, is banged up. They're, they're, they're missing offensive linemen, but, what they have to, to, to offer offensively with Joe Burrow and, and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and, and Bo Mixon running the rock like he's running the rock, it, 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 it's a problem. It, it really is a problem. And, and I tip my cap to them. Um, 
you know, the the the, the other game we're going to get to um, <clears throat> from 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 this weekend. Um, obviously, the Buffalo Bills, you know, putting the I don't even know what to call it. Like that game was so bad that we had fans throwing um, toys at um, at receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's how bad that game was. Like you know what? F you. You get a, a sex toy thrown at you just for getting in my end zone, man. These Buffalo Bills beat the brakes off of the New England Patriots, 47 to 17. You know, and I, and I, and I think for me. This was this was personal. This was the Buffalo Bills kind of exercising those demons uh, that has plagued them. You know, this is um, you know McDermott feeling some type of way for what happened the last time these two teams met up in their building. Um, him, you know, taking you know to the press conference and saying that you know he didn't like what what transpired many, many years of Bill Belichick and New England running over the division. Um they they took it personally. They didn't punt all game. Every possession ended up in the end zone. Uh for the first time in NFL history, this Buffalo Bills team did whatever they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted it done. It was to the point where Josh Allen didn't even know he threw a touchdown pass. You know, the first touchdown pass, he didn't even know he threw it. Um, so with that being said, uh, Mr. Harvey, I'll come to you. Uh, you know, again, I did hear your opinion on this on, on the brunch, but um, same situation. See if you got some fresh eyes yeah. on it. What were you thinking behind yeah. this New England Patriot Buffalo Bill game? Yeah, so you you kind of you kind of hit on what I said the other day, too, about the exercise and the demons. Like, I didn't think that one game could do that. But with the way they beat them, um, I would say that in some ways they, they very much sort of did. Uh, and now the ball's in the in the Patriots' court to see what they're going to do about it moving forward. Um, the couple things that, that really jump out to me, we're going to talk about other games coming up, like you said, at a later date. But I think the best two teams in the AFC are playing in the second round. Uh, this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see Tennessee happen to fall lucky and be on the other side. And, I mean, so good luck you get Cincinnati. You're going to have to score with them. But we'll see what happens there. That being said, like, to me, I think a couple things. I, I do think that now with back-to-back division titles and now with the way they won pretty handily um, in New England later in the season after they got beat the first time around, they won pretty handily the second time. And then they – Obviously, just absolutely smashed them um, this past Saturday night. I will say the, the the San Francisco 49ers are the only six seed that look like they deserve to be there, and we, we usually see that. Like you, you sometimes see the bottom seeds not really show up, but out of the four six and out of the four total teams out of those six and seven seeds, only one of them really showed up to play and and performed at all. Right? Like um, these other teams got got smashed. To me, I think um, as impressed as I was with Buffalo, um, they're definitely going to keep some coaches up at night, figure out how to game plan against that offense moving into this week. Uh, The other – Belichick has always hung his hat on the defensive side of the ball. 
And so to see that kind of performance from a Bill Belichick coach team in the playoffs defensively, I mean, if they had lost, I don't know, if they had at least been able to stop them a few times. But, uh, I mean, that, that looked like one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, that Patriots team was 9-4 and four coming off the bye, and then I think they won you know, one of their last four games to get out of the season or whatever. So they didn't play well running down the stretch, and that one game that they won was weather-aided, I believe. I think that was the, that was the New England game where Josh Allen only threw three passes because the wind was going to knock everything down. Uh, but I, as impressed as I was with Buffalo, I was I was extremely extremely underwhelmed with New England. You didn't have as many people opt out, which is the excuse you had last year. I understand you got a difference at quarterback. I don't I don't pin this game on Mac Jones though, even though he did not play as well as he did at other points this year. You can't blame Mac Jones when the defense can't ever make a stop. Um, that's concerning to me. Uh, you talked about going back to the lab earlier when we were talking about Dallas. Well, the mad scientist and Bill Belichick is going to have to go back in the lab and figure out what's going to happen with that defense. Because, um, listen, I think that uh, two things happened there, and this is the other piece that, that has really kind of stuck out to me just as I started talking about it tonight. Not only has Buffalo exercised those demons, but until New England revamps that and makes a, and makes some serious changes, um and continues to give this rookie quarterback the weapons he needs. I think that Buffalo has also sort of pulled the veil back and removed some of that mystique of the New England Patriots for the rest of the NFL. I don't think you're as worried about them right now seeing them on the schedule next year. Now, they could uh, they could make a lot of changes and, and, and change some things around, but nobody's scared of New England anymore. Well, I mean, and, and, and... In all fairness, you know, I mean, once CB12 left, you know, I, I, I think that aspect of the New England Patriots went along with it. You know, this is a team that, you know, this past offseason spent the most money in free agency, bringing in tight end after tight end and this big name free agent and that free agent. And you go get Matt Judon, who uh, was from Baltimore, and you go out and get you know, Johnny Smith and, and, and Hunter Henry and Jalen Mills and company. Um, but, again, once TB12 left, the mystique that, you know, oh, we need to be scared of New England, um, you know, went with it. So, in all fairness, I mean, I don't think anybody fears the New England Patriots. I mean, you stop the run, you, you put pressure on the rookie quarterback, they – they, they don't have receivers to really speak of, like you alluded to. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was a, uh, was a legitimate contributor to their efforts this past year, and, you know, we all understand what Nelson Aguilar is, man. But, Dylan, I, I'll pop it over to you for a second. Um, this Buffalo Bills-New England game, uh, we'll, 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 you know, break it down for me. What, what are you thinking about it? I mean, you know, I, I totally agree with Mike. Um, you know, it was kind of like I if you if you're a boxing fan and you've heard the stories of Muhammad Ali beating the hell out of a I can't remember his name, but uh, you know, what's my name? What's my name? What's my name? Like that's kind of like how I felt watching that game here. 
right? Like they, the Bills really beat them up and really, really said, "You're going to give me my respect, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to say my name." Like you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I think, I think they had a chip on their shoulder because of the game that they had there at home. Uh, a, a month or so ago where, you know, New England only threw the ball three times, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, but the Bills, you know, they said, okay, my best running back is Josh Allen. Okay, uh, he's going to run the ball, and you ain't going to stop it. And, you know, we're going to throw the ball. And, you know, I think one thing that I, I agree with Michael, I, it, you know, the two best teams are going to play next week in the SC, in my opinion, the Chiefs and the Bills. But one thing I think the Bills are doing right now that we were kind of saying uh, that they were struggling with is getting other receivers involved. You saw Cole Beasley wide open getting the ball over the middle. Um, you know, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. I mean, he, you know, uh, uh, listen, if, if, if Allen can get the ball to other weapons on that offense and the defense – can pin their ears back and play, you know, play ahead and not have to worry about stopping the run as much. The Bills can they can play with anybody in the league. So I and I think once the the Bills put the Patriots on their heels and Mac Jones had to throw the ball, and and you know the the Bills got to just rush the passer. It was a wrap from there. Um, you know the Patriots they're they're close. They're a receiver away. I think the the mix of receivers they have are okay, but they don't have that one receiver, one breaking game receiver that can wreck a, a ball game. Um, Bourne isn't like that kind of guy. Aguilar clearly isn't that guy. I think, you know, Belichick did a good job of getting pieces that they needed right away, but I think they need to go and, and they still need to make a move to get, a, a dynamic offensive player to help Mac Jones. Mac Jones is going to be a good player in this league. He's going to be a good quarterback. He's not going to be on the level of Herbert and um, and Burrow and company, but he's going to be a darn good quarterback in this league. He's going to win you some games. He's going to be he's going to be like like the Ben Roethlisberger uh, of that class. Like everybody's going to say Rivers and Eli or whatever, but he's going to be steady. He's going to play. He's going to win games, and he might win a chip or two. Um, Belichick, 69, going to be 70. Doesn't look like he's going to retire. He's coming back. Um, he's going to come back and, and, and coach, I think. So um, the Patriots are going to be there. They're going to be annoying. But the Bills, are they're the class of that division. They earned it. They earned their respect. And the Patriots are looking up now. They're looking at, they're looking up at, the, at the Bills. And the last thing to your point, Barry, once he started spreading the ball around, um, it actually caused – uh, it actually caused Singletary and yes, and, and Moss and these guys to look like serviceable running backs. Singletary had like Absolutely. a big five, six-yard run, uh, uh, a good run at one point in that second half. Uh, that running game uh, actually looked fairly decent uh, because once you spread the ball around, you can't key in on these guys. I mean, when when – when they're not getting their other receivers involved, then it's much easier to key on that running game and make it difficult uh, for them to run the ball. But if they can spread the ball around, they're going to be a problem. 
Definitely, definitely. I, I think that's the biggest thing that I think is missing for the New England Patriots. I, I think, honestly, their defense is going to be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Their running game, whether it's Harris or Ramondre Stevenson or whomever else they go and get is, is going to be okay. But for me, is the eligibles on the outside. They, I mean, for as long as you've been watching, you know, the Patriots, outside of Randy Moss, you know, that, that one year, they really have struggled to go out and acquire an outside weapon that plays legitimate. Like, even when they had Julian Edelman or, or Wells Walker, he was a slot guy. He was inside. <laughs> but they had yeah. yet to go out and get an outside guy who can who, who, who can do Jamar Chase type things, who can do Justin Jefferson type things or, you know, Deontay Johnson type things or, you know, hell, Odell type things. Um, and once they get that, you know, I, I, I think Matt Jones um, will end up being the better quarterback uh, of this class, if you will, based off of the fact that I think he's in a system or in a position to be more successful um, long term. Call the number is 929-477-2759. You got the next 20 minutes or so uh, with, with, with with your boys here at Sports City. Um, villain, man, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity um, to talk about anything you want to talk about NFL-wise. I mean, we could still talk about these games or if there's something else that you wanted to talk about, uh, you know, about Wild Card Weekend. Uh, go ahead and say what you got to say, my man. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, just doing Tom Brady things. I mean, um, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out a way to to win that to win games right but i have to think the the rams are going to pose a big problem for the bucks if Wirfs doesn't play which i don't know if you guys know have heard anything about his injury if he doesn't play that von miller and and aaron donald they have better play the game of their life and they better be all over Tom Brady because that's the only way they're going to stop um, that Bucks offense is getting pressure with their front four stunts and, and just four-man pressure and playing coverage. So we'll see if that happens. But the Rams looked impressive last night. Um, you know, it's, it's funny how a good quarterback can make, you know, a receiver look good. I mean, Baker Mayfield made Odell Beckham look like he was finished. Right, and Matt Stafford made Odell Beckham look like a hot commodity coming this off season. Um, the Rams' offense is clicking. I, I, I have to say, I'm so, I'm so. We don't, we didn't get to talk about it enough last week. Serious. I think we mentioned it, but we didn't really get into depth. Give, give Cam Akers his flowers because that guy should not be playing this year after mm-hmm. that injury he sustained in at the end of the preseason. For him to be able to play, not only play in the play, but play the reg- the regular season for now and in the playoffs at that level where he's playing, give that kid his flowers. He deserves it. What a what a what a what a what a act. What a showing of fortitude to get himself back in in shape and ready to play. 
Um, he, he's such a good story. The Rams are clicking. The the Cardinals, on the other hand, Kyler Murray looked like he should be playing baseball right now. He looked lost. And, you know, his coach did not help him last night, serious. Kingsbury, we all said it. How did this guy get this job being 500 in college? And he showed why he shouldn't have this job right now, possibly. You know what I mean? Like, he just didn't make adjustments. He didn't help his quarterback out. You, you know, Kyler Murray was struggling. This offense, we, th- we thought that they could handle not having D-Hop. Obviously, they can't. And they, ne- they haven't figured out for over a month how to get this offense to work without one player being there. And that's, that's on the coach. So, I think the coach let this team down. So, you kind of spilled into that. So, let's go back there for a second. So, my position on what took place yesterday is kind of twofold. You know, for one, I'm going to give, the, you know, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford all the love and praise in the world. Matthew Stafford being able to, to, to get his first playoffs win the same with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but for me, I think that, you know, Sean McVay really uh, took the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hand. And for me, that was the right move because you, you leaned on your running game and you literally essentially just went out there and just punched them and punched them and punched them. Like we went in a halftime – and they had a twenty-one to three, or I think it was—I think it was twenty-one to three, or whatever lead. And Cooper Cup had two catches, two catches. You know what I'm saying? Now he eventually got in the end zone, and you know did some other things. But going into halftime, you're up that big, and your triple crown winner, if you will, had just just two catches. Like you literally put the ball in, in, in your running back's hand. It doesn't matter if it was Sony Michelle. It doesn't matter if it was Cam Akers, who you alluded to. Um, they, they 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 just ran the rock. Um, and I think honestly, that's going to be the recipe that they have to carry into Tampa, Florida, to to, to beat Tom Brady. Like you can't allow Matthew Stafford to try to sling it around the yard and kind of outdo Tom Brady, that's a losing battle um, because Tom Brady is who he is. But if you're able to put the ball into the gut of your running back um, and keep them off balance, you play action, get Odell on the move and, you know, get you know get the ball into your, your, your eligible safely, um, it, again, I, I said this about Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals. It wouldn't shock me if, you know, the L.A. Rams handed to their Buccaneers a loss for the second time this season. But, Mr. Harvey, I'll come over to you real quickly. Um, since Barry decided to pop open this particular can, um, the L.A. Rams um, and Cardinals game yesterday What's your position on it, man? I mean, was this more of Cliff Kingsbury losing it, or did the Rams go out there and get theirs? I mean, the Rams got theirs for sure. Uh, this is the one thing that I said about the Rams, even after the preseason, I said you can staff for me, all these things you want. But to me, the biggest difference maker for the Rams 
is Cam Akers. And this guy gets back on the field. Um, I think the results speak for themselves. Like you said, big ups to him. But uh, Sonny Michelle, other guys on that team, Daryl Henderson, nice players. Um, but not Cam. Uh, Cam Akers is explosive. He's he's a, a, a very special running back and can be a huge difference maker if he can uh, continue to get stronger as these playoffs unfold. He could be a serious problem uh, for Tampa. I think if uh, I, I 100% agree with you, like they're going to have to establish a run. They're going to have to take the air out of the ball a little bit. They're going to have to find a way to try to get pressure and harass Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Donald's still scary. I don't care what he, you know, <laughs> that's just a monster of a dude. Um, but Aaron Donald is going to have to be the disruptive Aaron Donald this weekend. Um, but I, I do think this is a, we saw a matchup early in the year. It's a dangerous matchup. Both of these two higher seeds that are left have very tough matchups, and that kind of shows you a little bit of the, the depth in the uh, in the NFC. But, no, nah, like, uh, Sean McVay, for all the, the sights that sometimes we give him and for all the, the criticism at times that he has drawn, this guy was able to put together – a top five offense in the league and go to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Um, now, don't get me wrong. When he got there, uh, he got made to look very pedestrian by a very good defense. But uh, I don't know many coaches that would have been able to have that much success uh, with with that guy quarterback. And I'm not saying he's terrible, but he's not he's not on a Stafford level or some of those guys. Uh, congratulations to Stafford and Odell for both getting their first playoff wins. It's been a long time coming, uh, especially for Stafford, as long as he's been in the league. Uh, like, he's uh, he's been around for a long time and never quite been able to get over that hump. Um, I knew all the Saints had something to do with that a couple of years. But, you know, this Rams team, it, it, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde all year. You're not quite sure which Rams team you're going to get. Um if you get the very good Rams team, uh, that's going to present a, a very interesting matchup uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into this weekend. But they definitely won. Now, to your point about the Cardinals, uh, I kind of question this Kingsbury hire as well. Um, they were entertaining last year. They competed for a good bit of the year. They kind of fell off. They started to sort of – they fell off again this year. But I, I do think that – um, as, as badly as they needed Hopkins, and I, you know, we, we obviously know what kind of uh, impact he had on the game for that team. But I also look at that and say, you got an undersized quarterback um, if you're going to be able to win with this guy. Which Kyler Murray, let's not get it confused. Kyler Murray is a fantastic athlete. Um, he's still very young in his career. I don't think that we've seen his best or how good he's actually going to be. Uh, before he's done, but you've got to get some more pieces around him. Um, they've got to be able to protect him a little bit. That line is awful, and you can put a lot of really good guys back there, 
that might really struggle behind that line. Um, the Arizona Cardinals also they thought they had they thought they had a franchise corner after that Peterson go. They thought they had that next guy that didn't work out. So they still got some uh, some things to fix in Arizona, and I mean they definitely uh, did not perform very well at all this weekend. But I don't know. I mean, I would I would say though that. The future is a little bit brighter in the Valley of the Sun uh, now than it was even a couple of years ago and that I expected it to be. So um, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that uh, this is a completely failed experiment as far as Kingsbury. I I wouldn't have given him the, the pro job, and it may not be the right hire. But they are doing some good things in Arizona, uh, just not this year. And you got uh, – you got to do some more work to uh, get to the elite. Like, and the interesting thing is, and I said this the other day, this was the last team that lost this year in the NFL. They were the team that the 72 Dolphins or whatever were waiting on to lose in order to pop their champagne bottles this year. Um, and so to be the last undefeated team standing, uh, this was a very underwhelming and disappointing end to the season. But I do think when you go back and take a look uh, at the overall health of this franchise over the last – what they've been the last several years, uh, I I think that there are still some bright spots in Arizona, but it definitely wasn't their year this year. And they definitely – they started fast and uh, – <laughs> uh, they they uh they're shot or they blew their wide much too early uh, this season, um, but that, that, there's still some hope in in, in Arizona. You know, I, I, I'm gonna say this. You know, I, I'm not gonna sit here and criticize and and, and and throw dirt on what Arizona has done. You know, this this is a team again who hasn't been relevant. Since Larry Fitzgerald was there and they went to the Super Bowl and, and lost to, you know, some guy, I, I kind of know a little bit, you know. So what Cliff Kingsbury has done um, in a short tenure there and uh, bringing in Cal Murray and, you know, attracting free agents and things of that nature, um, honestly, I, I think they ran out of gas. I think That's they exactly ran into a team. I think they ran into a team that um, literally, again, it's a division opponent. Um, you know, I, I think had this team played something like Dallas, something like Philly, um, uh, you know, something like that, that would have had a different result. Keep in mind, they they they, they beat Dallas. <laughs> you know, so I think this is, was a very bad matchup. I think all the stars uh, somewhat aligned for for the L.A. Rams. You know. Um, I, I, I honestly, I'm, yes, I need to see more out of Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and, and this Arizona Cardinals team before I pronounce last rights on them. Um, we got a couple let minutes me left. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, let me give you one more thing. I, I will say this. Kudos to that organization, though, uh, because a lot of teams would not have had the courage to do this they drafted a quarterback in the first round. And I think it was Barry, you and I talked about this the other day. Uh, this team 
realize after they drafted him, that's not our guy. He's not. Yeah. He's not what we thought he was. And this team had the 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 gall or the nerve or whatever you want to say, the the balls to just say, you know what? Who cares if we drafted him this early? Who cares if that's what we chose to do? This is not the this is not the guy. So what did they do? They drafted another quarterback with the first pick overall. And so it is going to hurt your development overall. But uh, I think the that the franchise is, is probably healthier in the end because they did it. They they have some things to address, but um, it, it, it all hope is not lost for you, Cardinal fans. You're in tough division, though. Right, right. They're, they're in a very tough division. Um, we got about five minutes left, man. Mr. Harvey, um, did you want to talk about anything related to Super Wild Card Weekend before we get out of here today, my guy? Uh, no, man, I, I, I thought uh, it was interesting to see the Monday night game. It was interesting to see, you know, for the second year, we had six playoff games uh, in one weekend, which was, uh, which was really exciting and fun to be a part of. And just to put that in perspective for you, uh, when we get halfway through the first game on Saturday, Half the entire playoff action is over. We've got a total of 13 games. We've had six games played. We've got seven more to go. So the one thing that I want to say, just uh, I enjoyed Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, look forward to the division rounds and the conference championship games. You guys, once football is over, we are all itching and waiting for football to come back and can't wait till as uh, the LSU guy, Play-by-play guy says boot meets ball, and we are underway again. So all of you guys out there, anybody listening, man, what I would do is just encourage everybody to make sure you take the time to check out these games, watch football, enjoy it while you have it. Even if your team isn't there uh, anymore, enjoy the game. There's some pretty good team. There's some good teams left. There's some uh, new stars. There's some still very young stars that are continuing to uh, sort of earn their place on the national stage. But there are a lot of good football players that are still going to be there and guys that you may not get to see week in and week out throughout the regular season. And that's uh, one of the joys of uh, playoff football. So anybody that's a fan of the sport, man, even if you're disappointed, even you Cowboy fans, uh, take the time to watch a little football. Uh, put Put your personal feelings aside. Take the time to watch football and enjoy the sport while we still have it because in just a few short weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about missing the sport. Definitely, definitely. Man, go ahead and give us a plug and a close on as you get out of here, my guy. Yeah, man, real quick, we are uh, growing really fast. Uh, in the barbershop on Clubhouse, we're now at 5.7K. So we're uh, right around the corner from 6,000, man, continuing to grow. To come join us, be part of the barbershop community. I know Sirius is in there a good bit. I am um, check out Sports City Chefs, check out the blog, the website, Finger Foods, other things coming out. I'm going to continue to write. Uh, and some fun things going on, man. Uh, you guys get bored on a Friday night or on Sunday, check out uh, check out Big Ten Network on Friday night. Penn State and Michigan wrestling this weekend. That should be very entertaining. Uh, Penn State and Iowa next weekend as well. So uh, 
keep an eye on that. Uh, some really good things going on in uh, in college wrestling. Um, a lot of fun athletes and uh, things going on. And there's a, there's a big thing in February with Oklahoma State and Iowa wrestling. And at the same time, in the Rangers ballpark, they're going to have a, a mat side-by-side. And uh, the U.S. and Iran are going to send uh, some of their best wrestlers to compete against each other, too. So that should be a fun event, man. But uh, barbershop on Clubhouse, Sports City Chefs. we got Crossover Cafe on Thursday, Cookout on Wednesday. we got the, uh, the brunch on Sunday mornings and, of course, the NFL wrap-up show. So check out our show and support the site. Every click helps, man. Always. Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, man. Such a pleasure, man. Definitely check us out on the, on, on the barbershop, man. It's been wild over there. It's, it's been wild, man. Dylan, man, you don't brave the, the, the sickness with your boy, man. Man, go ahead and give us a plug and a close out as we get out of here, guys. Uh, yeah, so oh, my chest is killing me. Um, first of all, Cowboy fans, <laughs> oh, God, I love it. I love you so miserable. Um, it makes me happy. Um, nothing in the world makes me happier uh, to see the misery. A good weekend, uh, all in one day. Eagles lose, Cowboys lose. You know, that's, that's, that's a good day. Um, but listen, sportscitychefs.com, get to the website, the blogs, the interviews, uh, videos, everything, the Sports City Chefs YouTube channel. I'm um, waiting for Sirius to do his wrap-up on the season, a little soliloquy on, on Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer, uh, last game in, in Can- uh, of his career in Kansas City. Didn't go out the way he wanted to, but, um, you know, great, great uh, – Great, great uh, performance by uh, by that that team this year to get him to that point to the playoffs and and, uh, and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, man, we got a lot of things going on. Love doing the show with you, serious as uh, as always. Uh, we're out of here. Villains out. Yo, with that being said, man, it's your boy, serious once again. It's a pleasure to be able to stay here and, and talk sports with you, gentlemen, on a regular basis, man. Um, Barry alluded to it. You know what? I, I'm going to sit down and do a finger food here in a little bit. Um, I got a lot to talk about. Some some decisions need to be made with, with my ball club. And I'm going to kind of break it down and give you guys some numbers, you know, and things of that nature. Uh listen to Mike Thomas' interview today, and um, I got some things to say about that. With that being said, man, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. Y'all know the drill. If you don't know, now we know, man. God bless you, y'all. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Uh-huh.